A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Insomnia Project. Sit back, relax, and listen as we have a conversation about the mundane. One thing that we can promise you is that our conversation will be less than fascinating, some say relaxing, so that you can just drift off, maybe catch a few Zs. Thank you for joining us. We hope you will listen and sleep. I'm your host, Marco Timpano. And I'm your co-host, Nidhi Kana. Nidhi, tell me about a time when you went to a corner store. A corner store. Marco, I was actually at a corner store last night. Okay. I had an emergency milk requirement. Oh. And of course, the grocery stores were either closed or too far away for me to want to get into my car or walk down. So instead, I just went to my local corner store and, you know, in Montreal, we actually call the corner stores the depeneurs. Oh. The, the, or a depeneur. And what does that mean? Corner store. Oh, I see. <laughs> well, but because I know sometimes it says couchetard on it as well, right? That's the brand of a oh, corner it? store. <laughs> okay. <so. laughs> but, <laughs> yes, couchetard oh, is Because like, I, I always say we, I need a couchetard, right? I don't realize that I'm saying the wrong one. Well, actually. I guess it's a couchetard. Like, it is brand, but right. it means, you know... Up late, uh, like a sleep late. Sleep late. So, well, I mean, that's a very literal transition. Uh, so translation. Open till late. Open till late. Right. Um, and that's often when you need a corner store, right? Exactly. What was this milk emergency you had? <laughs> the milk emergency was that I knew I wasn't going to have any milk for my coffee the next morning. I see. And that's always an emergency. Uh, so. So was it milk or cream? So interestingly enough, I have milk with my coffee oh. in the morning. And then during the day, depending on the quality of coffee that I'm drinking, I might have cream with it. Really? Okay, so I need to delve into this. Sure. What quality of coffee would require cream versus milk? So the coffee that I have at my office Mm -hmm. uh, is one that uh, the company brings in, for example. I don't particularly like it, but it is... The coffee that is there. Right. And therefore, I'll add a little bit more cream than I would milk because I find with milk, the taste of the coffee is more apparent. And so I only enjoy milk in coffees that are a little bit higher quality. So the cream would mask a lesser quality coffee for you. And therefore, you would enjoy this lesser quality coffee a bit more because you've got the richness of the cream to sort of balance what the coffee is lacking. You got it. You know, it's funny. um, I take cream in my tea when I can because 
since I've been off sugar, the cream is sweeter than the milk, so it'll add that sort of sweetness that I'm lacking from putting sugar into my tea, which I know is a little bit goes against the grain or a proper tea has milk in it, not cream. It's funny because I have noticed that, Marco, mm -hmm. in your tea consumption. Mm -hmm. And I thought it used to be odd until I noticed a couple of other people doing it. And I thought it was very, well, I still think it's a little bit odd, to be sure. quite honest. But I understand your rationale. Now, I guess the question is, because my cultural background, mm -hmm. obviously, is very in tuned with tea right um and how to boil a cup of tea properly and adding milk so in indian culture you always add milk to the tea first or after the tea has been poured no first that's what first. i that's what i but uh, we boil it together you boil wait you boil the milk and the tea together yeah. Oh, I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. So you you put all the spices in the water. Right. Bring it to boil. Add the milk. Add the tea. And then it all kind of infuses. Right. Um, But I did not know that with Earl Grey tea. One of my favorite. You're not supposed to put milk. You're supposed to put lemon. Oh, I didn't know this. And apparently it's very scandalous to put milk, particularly when you're in the UK, in your Earl Grey tea, so well, it's you know, um, Nitty, I want to, I want to put a marker in this episode because okay. I'd like to do a future episode on Earl Grey tea because I know there's a wide history on it, and I'd like to do a little research before we do the episode on Absolutely. Earl Grey tea. So I uh, invite our listeners to, you know, keep a keep a watchful ear out for the Earl Grey episode which will be forthcoming now i wanted to ask you nitty have you ever been to one of those corner stores that's kind of got an old-fashioned feel to it not that they're trying to be but that you know it feels like you're walking into the past when you walk in i've been to a couple of those okay. so there's two distinct types of corner stores that i've been to that have sort of a historical feel to them okay one feels like the 1980s type of corner store. Love it. Where, you know, all the products are kind of off-brand. Right. You know, there's nothing really with a brand name there. You're not really sure what it's all like. It kind of looks like the produce might be from the 1980s. Okay. Dimly lit. Sure. Um, very cramped with a lot of stuff on the shelves, but no logical placement of anything so it's not like you have you know i don't know the baby wipes are kind of with the canned goods and right. it doesn't really make sense sure but then you have things that you kind of remember from when you were a kid like there's like freezies from the 1980s in their freezer sure. or something like that and then you have i've been to a corner store with more of that um uh, kind of like old time feel, like that vintage feel. Right. Um, and they kind of have cool names. It kind mm -hmm. of feels, has that Western saloon type yes. feel to it where it's like, you know, I think there's a corner store in Kleinberg, um, Ontario like that, okay. where it has like a bit of that feel. Sure. Um, but it, it feels like you're going to step into, you know, the 1800s right. or something like that. And... 
you go in and it's actually very posh and it's got all these really cool different kind of knickknack type produce and then there's a corner store here in toronto mm -hmm. called the drake corner store okay which is not a corner store it's well depending on it's not a corner store where you're going to get milk and i don't know yeah it's chocolate. not in the, in the traditional sense exactly. of uh, corner store it's it's sort of Got these cool knickknacks and trendy kind of vintage items. Like, artisan type. Yes, uh, artisan crafts. Right. Uh, things like that. How about now, how about you? Do you go to corner stores often or is it something that is only a last minute thing for you? So I live between two grocery stores our house uh, you know is equidistance between two grocery stores and i can walk to either so i don't have a corner store that i go to here but at my cottage there's a corner store and we had been we've been going to that corner store since i was sorry uh since i was a little little kid so it it has some nostalgia for it to me and uh you know it has the ice cream parlor part of the uh, corner store and it has sort of summer things you would need sunscreen you know lotion if you burn yourself and blow up floaty things and whatnot but I love going to a corner store and you'll find these sometimes in some smaller towns or rural areas where they have you know the glass jars that have the um, sweets in it they're like yes. kind of like candy canes but they're, they're they don't curve yes and, and they're all different flavors from butterscotch to blueberry to sarsaparilla and uh, I love those corner stores there was one that we went to one time and you know I love butter tarts mm -hmm. and I think we had an episode where we talked about butter tarts and they had homemade butter tarts and that is that is my downfall if I go to a corner store that has that kind of older sort of small town feel and they've got butter tarts I'm easily walking out with $15 worth of butter tarts that's amazing and it's almost like those type of corner stores you know the word candy shop has like an E at the end of shop like it's right. that old time yeah. kind of feel to it you know there is a um, restaurant that has that feel when I go to my parent my in-laws Amanda's parents uh, home in Florida I forget the name of it but it, it is one of these kind of like part corner store part restaurant and it was an old post office that they turned into a, a restaurant oh, and nice. they have like you know alligator and things that you know very local cuisine and and just the people that go there seem very you know a throwback in time they well there's one one gentleman that I see in there who looks like an old-time prospector when you watch amazing when you watch you know those programs from the 40s and there was mm -hmm. a prospector with a long long beard and they were scrawny and they looked like they were ready to sort of fight and he just sits there and eats and it's like you you can't help but look at him because he seems like a character from a film that's amazing and now you mentioned that this restaurant has alligator mm -hmm. have you tried alligator yes i have what is that like does it, ta it taste like chicken no it okay. tastes it tastes more like pork to me oh interesting yeah. um is I it very meaty it's kind of it's kind of got a meaty quality i guess you could call it the pork of the swamp um <laughs> but it's got more of that kind of uh, feel to it it, it's not particularly flavorful on its own. You sort of have to dress it okay. uh, with various things. So oftentimes it's deep fried right. or you'll find it deep fried because you can deep fry just about anything. 
and it becomes interesting. Right. Uh, but it's not like a a seafood item where it, it's I I don't find it to be delicate, at least not the way I've ever had it. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's not my it's not my favorite thing, but I do love going to this particular place for New Year's because they have a sort of we have a New Year's tradition. We go there for New Year's, and they have dishes that reflect all the sort of goals that you want to attain for the new year so what do you mean oh you know it's funny amanda would know this but like you have to have um there's some greens on there so the greens represent money and there's Uh. no chicken on there because chickens walk backwards so there's pork on there and you want to be marching forward and a pig will only walk forward they don't walk backwards and there's also um I want to say black eyed peas because they represent something. So it's a combination of like five items. And uh, I know I have a photo of it. If I find that photo, I'll I'll post it on. Um, Because I took a photo of the menu that sort of described these sort of New Year's dishes at this this place. And it it was quite, it's sort of become a family tradition that we go there. Now, you mentioned obviously that this is in Florida. Mm -hmm. Have you ever been to Boynton, Florida? Boynton Beach? Boynton Beach. I think it's not. I think it's nearby. I've, I've seen signs, but I've never been to Boynton Beach. Because we have some listeners from Boynton Beach that um, I think we're going to have to do a Boynton Beach fun facts and figures component okay. of this show. I love it. Um, so you've never been, though. I haven't been to Boynton. Uh, I've been to Sebastian and Palm Beach and Fort Pierce and... Um, I believe those are all sort of um, cities and towns near Boynton Beach. Now, and Boynton Beach is a city in Palm Beach County, so maybe if that's sort of the area that you're describing, then mm-hmm. that would make sense. If it's to... on the Treasure Coast, then uh, for sure. Now, Boynton Beach was founded by uh, an American Civil War major named Nathan Boynton. Oh, that's where it gets its name. That's where it gets its name. I would like to have a beach or a town named after me. I don't know. I don't know how you get that done anymore. Uh, I think you have to go somewhere like, you know. And discover it. Discover it and and start a settlement and have people come. And then you can have like Canatown. Yeah, exactly. Apparently, when they settled Mm -hmm. um, that area of Florida, they planted pineapples oh. to make, I guess, a pineapple grove. Do you mm-hmm. call it a grove? You, you know, I, uh, plantation. Plantation, pineapple. okay. You know what's interesting, Nidhi, is that it, that stands to reason because that area is known for its orange and, in particular, the grapefruit groves. So it's a area that is really sort of um, conducive to growing a tropical... Citrusy uh, fruit? Yeah, citrusy sort of fruit. So... I've never seen pineapple in that area, and to my knowledge, the only place in the U.S. that grows and cultivates pineapple is Hawaii. Uh, well, have we'll to, have to find the pineapple plantation next time you go to Florida. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely uh, pop into Boynton Beach. I'll make a point of going so that I can at least sort of connect with any listeners that might be from Boynton Beach or just check it out and talk about it on a future podcast. Um now, I believe that Nathan Boy- Boynton actually um, founded a hotel there. Okay. Um, I don't know if the hotel actually still stands. That All would right. be interesting for us to know from any of our listeners who are from there um, if that hotel is still in existence and if it's still running or if it's more of a museum. Yeah, so if you're listening from Boynton Beach, tweet us 
at Listen and Sleep and let us know if that hotel, do you know the name, what the name of that hotel was? If it's um, changed names, perhaps. You know what? Because I know that, um, oh, where were we? We went to Gloria Stefan's hotel. We checked that out, Amanda and I. Um, and that is in, I believe, oh my goodness, it was kind of a fancier part of Florida. Jupiter? No. no. No, um, I can't remember. It'll come to me, I'm sure. I just uh, threw out Jupiter there, not knowing if it is actually What's fancy. funny is Jupiter isn't that far, but I think it's not on the coast. I think it's... Because doesn't, isn't there that big Jupiter Island where they have those, like, uh, like Celine Dion has her home oh. and just a bunch of very, very wealthy, famous people I kind think of... that's in Miami, though. I think that's oh, a little, is it? I think that's a little inlet of Miami. Look at me talking about Florida as if I know it. I just basically, you know, I've been to Florida. I love Florida. Um, Jacksonville is beautiful. Um, the Treasure Coast is beautiful. I'm excited to see Boynton Beach. Um, and I've been to Miami. And I've actually driven to the Keys, so all the way to oh, Key nice. West, which was a which is a great, a great drive if you ever get to do some... Uh, a great drive that's that's one of them um but what's funny is i don't really pay attention on florida because amanda knows it so well so i let right. her take the lead and even when we're driving i'll be like oh which direction and she's like well we're heading south so we should be following the direction too and she'll pick the place you know how you know which direction you're going on based on cities yes i don't know if you ever do that here where you're like okay if i'm going out east i'm going towards kingston, kingston or something yeah. Um, yes, I do do that. Mm -hmm. And next time you do go to Boynton Beach, mm -hmm. it's the Boynton Hotel. Okay. However, I have a feeling it's not in existence anymore. Okay. But maybe it's something else. Maybe, maybe it's something else. Exactly. Now, I, my relationship with Florida, I haven't been in a really long time. Right. Now, growing up, uh, and even now, like I know quite a few people who have sort of uh, second homes out in Florida, mm -hmm. where they spend the winter. Of course, there's a large snowbird population of course um that goes down with snowbirds being sort of retired yeah, for, our, for our listeners yeah. who don't know what a snowbird yeah, it's snowbird not an actual is. bird it's um sort of the retired or older population will sometimes from go, canada from canada will go down to florida to their second homes for the winter to enjoy so they'll spend six months in florida six months right. up here in canada i should clarify it might not just be canadian residents it might just be people from the northeast Absolutely. or the northern parts of the of the u.s and canada who will fly down south and i i think it's not specific to florida either i think if you go to myrtle beach you could be considered a snowbird who goes to the to the warmer parts gotcha. in the winter months i've only really been to florida um well, I've been a few times. When I was young, we used to go to Orlando because okay. of Disney World. And so uh, we used to spend some time there and went a couple of times with my family to Epcot and Magic Kingdom and, well, SeaWorld, even though SeaWorld isn't really, I guess, part of Disney World. Right. But, uh, and Universal Studios, which isn't part of Disney World, but uh, nonetheless... So I know Orlando, although I don't remember it that much, considering um, that I'm much older than being right. Disney age anymore. Sure. However, I've also been to Miami on uh, a business trip, which was interesting. But now that I'm remembering, Marco, we actually took a family trip driving down from Montreal to wow. Orlando. And it took us about three days. And... 
I remember quite distinctly because we were we left I think it was a March break trip right and we went and left I think mid-March and we were going down to Florida for two weeks and we were driving with another family and it was really cold when we left because March in Montreal Toronto sort of eastern coast Canada is still a cooler month oh for sure and I remember distinctly getting out in um, South Carolina and the weather had changed because we had stopped, I think, before that, five hours or six hours before that, and it was still cold. And then we stopped again in South Carolina and the weather had turned to really warm. Oh, wow. And so uh, it was really interesting to feel that very distinct weather change in a seemingly short amount of time considering that we were driving. Do you recall if you drove through Boynton on the way uh, to to your destination? Or, or to Orlando? You to said, Orlando. Oh, no, you so it would have be gone. too north. It would be too north. Because I know when we drove... Oh, it's Vero Beach is where that hotel, that Gloria Stefan had that just came to me. Vero Beach. We, uh. we often go because it's close to where my um, in-laws live. And oh, I believe wonderful. the name of her hotel is... Um, Costa d'Este or something like that. It, I think it has the word Costa in it. Anyways, oh, nice. It's a beautiful hotel. And we had some coffee and tea there, I think. Did you put some cream in I that tea? most certainly did. <laughs> Good. Um, but, uh, yeah, I love, I love being in warm weather when it's cold back home. Yes. And my disappointment is, is if I ever go down to a warm place like, let's say, Florida, and it's December or January here, and it's not cold when they have a warm week. Yes. And I'm down there. I feel like I've been robbed know, of something. Robbed of something, yeah. So. Or I, the opposite, when it's cold up here and you go down thinking it's going to be warm and it ends up being, you know, rainy weather sure. or very cold, then you feel again, you've been robbed. That happened in San Francisco. San Francisco's not particularly warm. No, in the it's summer. actually very cold. I know. <laughs> and so, because you think California. Absolutely. And you're like, oh, we're going to California, t shirts and shorts. And then and it's summer and you're in San Francisco and it was not warm. No, and it's funny because I have a fr- uh, cousin who lives in Sunnyvale, California. Okay. And Sunnyvale is warm and it's very close to San Francisco. So we took the train up to San Francisco for the day. Right. It was freezing. But then if you go a little bit out of San Francisco, particularly if you're going up to Napa, let's say, mm-hmm. and it becomes warm again. Right. So it's a very particular microcosm of climate it's pretty neat i know that we went from san francisco to sausalito which is just a br- i don't i think it was like a bridge away or something i can't remember it was a beautiful drive and we're like let's go to sausalito and sausalito was warm and beautiful and we were strolling and ice cream and then we went back to our hotel in san francisco and it was like freezing it was like what what did we do here but um Still very beautiful. I love San Francisco. San Francisco is a cool city. It's a a little gem that I think everyone should visit. Because, you know, a lot of people go to California and they'll go to Los Angeles or they'll go to San Diego. Uh, And San Francisco being so north, people will, you know, they won't... They won't encompass it into their trip if they're going to Southern Southern California. Yep. But I recommend going to Northern California and just exploring that area. I've been to Napa as well, and mm-hmm. it's such a beautiful, beautiful area to enjoy. Um, 
a wine experience, sure. et cetera. So it's you, uh, there's a lot the, to offer in, in California. The vineyards? Like, did you go to vineyards and stuff? Yeah, I did. You, you know, it's interesting. We're talking about Florida and then brought us to California. But I went to vineyard in Florida last time I was there. Did you know? I didn't know that Florida was a wine-producing region. Uh, neither did I, and <laughs> with good reason. Um, <laughs> they could only grow certain grapes, and they're not the sort of grapes that make the wine that I enjoy. Okay. Uh, so the wine that I had at that particular vineyard, they, the interesting wine was one that they mixed with a mango. Oh, okay. Exactly. So that was it was, red or white? No, it was white with a little sort of almost a peachy tinge, but it was more white. I would say it was definitely like you you'd look at it. You don't look impressed at all. Um, I wasn't, <laughs> but you know, that just means that there's more vineyards in Florida that I have to explore till go. I find the right one. Um, but I love going to vineyards. And, I, and it's interesting because I'm not a huge wine connoisseur, though I do like wine and I do know the wine that I like, mm -hmm. but I've been to many vineyards. And it's funny, well, you know, we should really talk about this on an, on an, on a subsequent episode okay. because you obviously were a tour guide in Italy. Yeah. And I'm assuming that you went to quite a few vineyards as part of that particular uh, employment opportunity. Yes. Uh, so I think it would be, and I know that you've gone to quite a few olive oil um, groves. Yes, groves. I call them groves. Okay, so olive those are groves. Olive, now, what's the groves. difference between a grove and a plantation? Well, that's something someone's going to have to. You know, let us know no I'm going to say like when we do the vineyard episode yep. we will explore the difference between a grove a vineyard um, a plantation a I don't know what else but like okay. yeah, you know um, what makes an orchard like what makes them I think it's I, I think it's indicative of what the, you're growing what you're growing I agree but um, but we'll we'll explore that in a future episode certainly uh, it's been quite uh, a tour this episode it has uh, from the corner store to Boynton Beach, Florida. Special hello to our listeners out there all the way to Northern California. Exactly. Well, as always, we encourage you to find us on iTunes at the Insomnia Project and uh, feel free to write us a review if you have anything to say or if you're enjoying the podcast. Or if you have a show idea that you'd like or us to talk about. show idea, yes, absolutely. So you can find us on iTunes the Insomnia Project or uh, on Twitter at Listen and Sleep. The Insomnia Project is produced by Drumcast Productions, and this particular episode was recorded in Toronto, Canada. Until next time. <laughs>